a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. You've entered the downward spiral. This is Table Talk Radio. Ready for another exciting episode here with Pastor yeah. Brian Wolfmuller. So what do we... And Pastor Evan Gagline. Hey, do you know that we successfully managed to have something better to do the last three weeks, but today we just couldn't. I know. Make no mistake, dear listener, Table Talk Radio is at the very bottom of our priority list. <laughs> I know. It, it is scraping the bottom of the barrel, but we could not find anything better to do today. I know. Last, week, last week I was uh, cleaning my shoes. Um, but yeah, then I, that's I just, right. I guess we'll do all the shoes this are week. cleaned, all the socks are washed. <laughs> you That's know, right. everything. The, I mean, so sorry. We apologize. We'll work. We'll work very hard to try to find something better to do next week. But for this week, you got you're stuck with us. It's true. Buzzwords. Responding to listener email. Uh, you got. You found something that will be provocative. Apparently, I think so. If that's not enough of a teaser, I don't know what is. And then, and then, and then we don't know what's happening after that. But let's do some buzzwords, eh? Oh, I should do a buzzword. But you go for it. What do you have for a buzzword? Yeah, why, why did you pick a number? I got my buzzword generator, right. also called the Doctrinal Theology of the Evangelical Lutheran Church by Heinrich Schmidt. Download for free at wolfmuller.co. A page between 10 and 670 or something. 411. You always... This is embarrassing, by the way, because... I always find words that I don't know what they mean. That, that's not oh, hard. Oh, this is the... Um, oh, huh. This is on the state of exaltation. So that's talking about the two states of Christ's ministry. The humiliation, which begins after his incarnation, his humble birth, his humble life. It, his humiliation is deepest on the cross in the darkness. Where he's forsaken by God. He's laid in the grave. And then he is exalted... Uh, out of the grave, descent into hell, sits at the right hand of the Father, comes in glory. That's the state of exaltation. And here's a phrase from Hollitz, who says, Zoopoesis, or quickening, is Christ's liberation from death and the reunion of soul and body by which Christ, according to his flesh, began to come again to life. This is not a peculiar grade of exaltation, but a prerequisite condition for preparing the subject, namely Christ, to receive the full and universal use of divine majesty. So I'm going to make that the your buzzword, zoopoesis. So zoo, zoe is life, like zoology, zoe, life. And poesis means to be, to make or do. So life-making or quickening, zoopoesis. See if you can get that guy in there. 
Nice. Hey, Brian, can I borrow your uh, buzzword generator? Yeah. Hey, what's on page um, 503? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> you should download this. For... I've got a... I have a, uh, 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 a bookmark on page 503 titled Mystical Union, and it's the, it, the category is renovation. Hmm. Let's see. Okay, so you, I'll, I'll just read a, a couple of lines here. Here's from Brenz. Renovation, strictly speaking, signifies a certain real and intrinsic change in the regenerated or converted man. This is taken transitively as the action of God producing in us holy impulses and actions, as he is said to give a new heart and a new spirit, Ezekiel 36, renew the spirit within us, Psalm 51. And intransitively, so far as men furnished with divine, divinely imparted strength, are said to renew themselves. Um, yeah, so let's call this, let's do renovation. Um, renovation in the general sense denotes any action by which old things or things which are injured or weakened or corrupted by age or in any other way are restored. So the spiritual renovation of man taken more widely, the old man, as is his entire condition, the deficiency of every kind of spiritual power, the guilt and dominion of sin is destroyed. And the new man, as his entire extent, that is his spiritual strength, freedom from guilt and the habitual gift by which the dominion of sin is subdued is said to be produced. Okay, renovation. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, I want to. I want to dispel a myth. Uh, there are yeah. some people out there who think that the Table Talk Radio listener response line is only for church signs and bumper stickers. But no, it's also for theological questions. And sometimes um, people call in questions that we have a response to. <laughs> in other words, sometimes so funny. people call in questions that we don't know. Why do I feel like to. I'm not? But there, the, there is a, a, a voicemail here, Pastor. We, we need to, we need to get to these messages. You know, sometimes they sit a little bit too long. But uh, here, here's a message. Hey, pastors! I was talking to a Roman Catholic friend of mine the other day, and he said, "You know what the problem is with you Lutherans." is you follow the man, Martin oh. Luther. But we Catholics don't do that. We don't follow a man. No. Uh, no only no. only Jesus. Yeah, just Jesus. And that didn't sit right with me, and I wasn't uh -huh. quite sure how to answer that. I was just wondering if Pastor Wolfmuller specifically oh. had any thoughts about that, oh. uh, about my Catholic friends saying that we follow a man, but, but they don't. Thanks. Right. All right, well, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you, you, you have four minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> look, I, I'm trying. I am actually trying to contain my <laughs> you, frustration. You couldn't see it, but during the message, he was biting down on a stick. <laughs> it's like the, you know, those old Western movies where they're going to cauterize the wound. Yeah, you know? right. That's what it was. <laughs> I'm biting down on the arrow, <laughs> cracking in my mouth. I, I really, I, this is a true thing. I'm, because I, you know, anger can be righteous, but it can also be not righteous. And the, the, these <laughs> popists are really frustrating to me right now. 
It's a bit of a sore spot. I don't know if our listener knew that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I have a hunch that maybe he did. <laughs> don't talk around. But this don't is the, one Catholics of the most. Brian, he'll go off. It's one of the most obscene things to say. So, we follow a man. We follow Jesus. You follow a man. As it, uh, okay. I'm I, so. All right, take a breath, that, collect your thoughts. So, so I'll I'll set up the obvious that you know people notice that Lutherans have the name Luther in their name, so they must be the followers of a man. Um, the Roman Catholics hold to this teaching that the Pope is the vicar of Christ. That is to say, that he is Christ on earth. So, to say that they don't follow a man is uh, rather ironic. Okay, go ahead. H- how about this? Let me just read you a couple lines from the Pope. Okay. You ready? Uh, Furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. <laughs> that does not sound like not following a man. In fact, I'm not. Sh- I'm not quite sure how following a man could be more clearly articulated. <laughs> hey, let me just read you another line. That that was from Unum Sanctum, thirteen oh two. You say, Oh, that's old. That's old. That's we don't do that anymore. Hey, that's we don't old follow stuff. we don't follow Yeah. We don't follow a man like never mind that we say that the doctrine never changes and that it's divinely inspired by the Pope. I, I this is part of the trick, by the way. I, I think oh okay. Let me see. Down. Deep breath. <laughs> Vatican II. That's not that long ago, 50 years ago. In this Church of Christ, the Roman pontiff, as the successor of Peter, to whom Christ entrusted the feeding of his sheep and lambs, enjoys supreme, full, immediate, and universal authority over the care of souls by divine institution. Hmm. Vatican II preface, paragraph two. That's not now that. That also sounds an awful lot like what we might say, following a man. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a man who says, you know, the church is Catholic, but even more than that, you know what it is? It's Roman. You know, what the opposite of Catholic is Roman. <laughs> Do I need to explain and that? And that's to you? the whole. That's the the whole. Yeah, you could explain that. Well, we're, well I just I got to take deep breaths. I got to do the you know the stretching over here. Okay, just yeah. Try you, to well, we're gonna we're heading into a break, so you're gonna have a you have a chance to to do your relaxation methods or whatever you do over there. But uh, the word Catholic means universal. The whole idea of of a, of a Catholic faith was that it was a universal faith. It was the the faith believed by everyone everywhere, and so uh, it was intentionally non-geographic <laughs> and so to take take and adopt the name the roman catholic a very specific place was a oxymoron roman catholic so that was the for the no listener left behind all right we're going to take a break pastor wolf is going to collect his thoughts and uh see if there's any further rebutting to do and we'll do a little show prep during the break too so uh, maybe stay tuned. This this rant is not over. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. 
This is Table Talk Radio. You have been warned. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're responding to our <sighs> listener voicemails, <laughs> and uh, Pastor Wolf Miller is officially triggered. Uh, I'm, tr- in re- I'm trying. In response to this uh, question, or uh, ask for a response of uh, a Roman Catholic who says, uh, you Lutherans, you follow a man, but we Catholics, we follow Christ. And uh, he had a few quotes there a, before the break there. I found a, I, I've, I've uh, put together this. 12 pages of what the Pope says about himself. It's just quotes from all the official Catholic doctrine. So if you if you just search for Wolf Mueller and Pope on the Internet, it'll come up, I'm sure. Or Pope Wolf Here's another line. This is one of my favorites. Um, it says, uh, Therefore, of the one and only Church, there is one body and one head, not two heads like a monster. That is, Christ and the vicar of Christ, Peter, and the successor of Peter. Since the Lord is speaking to Peter and said, feed my sheep. <laughs> Wait a minute. How many heads? Meaning my sheep in general, not these or those in particular, whence we understand that he entrusted all to Peter. So a man. <laughs> right. Weird. Weird. <laughs> We're informed. It's at some point this gaslighting has to stop. You know, you accuse someone of committing your crimes, and then you mock them for it. It's just we're Catholic, Roman Catholic. We are we're Papists. <clears throat> we follow Jesus, not the Pope, but the Pope also. And you know what the Pope does, by the way? I there's, I, I think there's a reason. I I used to think that the Catholic Church was just sort of carried away with their whole scripture tradition and and church thing you know Mm -hmm. and they they they're always uh worked up at us about the sola scriptura bit because i don't know i mean i just thought it was again they just sort of got carried away but there's some that i don't believe that anymore because there's something really bad that happens when when someone gives you something to believe that is not in the bible but the the, the nature of the papacy is that it has to do that. It has to, it has to require you to believe something that's not taught in the Bible to demonstrate its own authority. Like, for example, if I command you to do something that God commands you to do, then you say, oh, I can do that because God commanded me to do that. But I have to command you to do something that God does not command to do, so then you can be obedient to me. This is what the Pope does to the souls of men. Mm. When he says you have to believe, for example, the the Immaculate Conception, which is not a doctrine in the Bible, or you just go ask your popist friend if they believe things that are not taught in the Bible, and they will say yes, mm-hmm. because that's the very nature of the beast, because it's requiring that that submission of souls, and that's tyrannical. Here's another little line. We're informed by the text of the Gospels that in the church, this is also Unum Sanctum, in, that in this church and in its power are two swords, namely the spiritual and the temporal. 
so that Peter has both swords. For when the apostles say, Behold, here are two swords, Luke 22, that is to say, in the church, since the apostles are speaking, the Lord did not reply that there were too many, but sufficient. Certainly the one who denies that the temporal sword is in the power of Peter has not listened well to the word of the Lord commanding, Put up thy sword into thy scabbard. Both, therefore, are in the power of the church, that is, the spiritual and material sword. Uh, okay, so let's just skip past the absurdity of the exegetical argument. Here are two swords, that's enough. That's Jesus giving both. And just to get to the point that they're asserting here, which is that the Pope has all authority to rule men both in spiritual matters and in temporal matters. And let's just want, let's just ask the question, does that mean that I am under the authority and therefore following a man? Hmm. It would be interesting, kind of like you said, you know, you ask a Roman Catholic and say, are there teachings outside the Bible? And they would say yes. I mean, that, that's not a surprise. I, I would wonder if, if this caller could have asked his friend, so you're saying we should only follow Christ and not a man. I mean, I just, you know, just at its base level, the concept is something you oppose, right? <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> can, can I get mm -hmm. you to sign on this dotted line to that Yeah, statement? yeah, that's right. <laughs> just, just jot that down here. And let me just put that in my back pocket. While I read to you this excerpt from the Council of Florence. Ready? Ready. We define that the Holy Apostolic See and the Roman Pontiff holds the primacy over the whole world. Ooh. Good heavens. This guy is such a jerk. And the Roman pontiff is the successor of blessed Peter, prince of the apostles, and that he is the true vicar of Christ, the head of the whole church, and the father and teacher of all Christians. And to him was committed in blessed Peter the full power of tending, ruling, and governing the whole church. I might submit that this is at least logically consistent. And that is to say that if if you believe that Peter or the office of Peter is um the vicar of Christ, that it's you know God uh, uh what ruling his his earthly place in this office, which we reject, of course. But you could not have that and not have the office that rules over everything. You know, it's like, I'm the vicar of Christ, but I only have domain over this one thing. Um, right. So it's at least logically consistent. Mm -hmm. um, it's just wrong. I mean, but here's, uh, but here's obviously the problem. Um, because you don't confine your doctrine to the word of God and be bound to the scriptures, then you open up this office for anything to be said. And so um, I think you're making this, this case that these statements for, have been said of the, the papacy over time and are we to understand all of these things as doctrine that, as you said, doesn't change? So we currently have a, a pope that is uh, moving in a different direction, I, I think it's safe to say. Are we to understand that 
this is the vicar of Christ, which is different than the previous vicars of Christ? Um, how, how do we account for—I mean, I, I don't think that the Roman Catholics believe in this evolving doctrine nonsense like the Mormons do. So how do we account for this problem? Well, the, um, I, I think this is more gaslighting. I, I, I used to think it's just like, well, you know, we change, but then we say we don't change. Like, you know, in 50 years, the Roman Catholic, the papist will say, hey, let's ordain women like we always have, you know. Right, right, <laughs> right. There's no different. It's just uh, we're just clarifying the doctrine. You know, the doctrine mm-hmm. is growing. And so that's the, but, but that's so obviously not true. I mean, when it comes to so many things, it's just, it, it's absolutely different. And this new pope is sort of pressing that, but what are you going to do about it? I mean, how can you, you're, you're, you're stuck. But it's not like he's the first pope to say stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean. Right. It's, so, but you're right. I mean, so, when you, it's because the, the, the papist doctrine is a rejection of, of the scriptures, it's a repudiation of the scriptures. I get—I was getting worked up about. I mean, I know you're surprised that I was getting worked up about this, because the other thing that the Order of Catholic Trolls is saying—I mean, there's a lot of these kind of things that they throw at us Lutherans. <laughs> the Order of Catholic Trolls. <laughs> oh, that's great. And they, they and they say, well, you know, Luther said that the Epistle of James was an epistle of straw. Mm-hmm. To which we should respond. Well, the Pope says the whole Bible's an epistle of straw. <laughs> you don't believe any of it. You don't have the authority of any of it. It doesn't matter to you. You say that the only reason why the uh, the Scriptures have any benefit as all of all is because the Pope approved them. It's like it's like they have. You know how the Pope has the the. I don't know. They give it the imprimatur. They they stamp stuff and they say, "Yeah, that's uh, that we, that's approved by the Pope." That's how you you know you get the Catholic Bible. The first page says, "Approved by the Pope." You can trust what Moses said because the Pope approved it. It's all they the whole thing is is empty apart mm-hmm. from apart from this office of Pope. Every it's sola popa, and it's that everything is and and, and this is the goal the goal of saying that we follow a man Luther while they don't is just because the only way that that makes any sense but this is part of the papist mind is that if jesus is the pope which is precisely what vicar means it's this uh, nah. yeah that the, the here's, pope here's is a, the here's, let me just, for uh, jesus right yeah yeah yep. let me just read you a little more since you think ah council of florence that's pretty old here is where the council of florence is reaffirmed okay, 30 by vatican one And he says, the unity with the Roman pontiff in communion and in profession of the same faith, the Church of Christ becomes one flock under one supreme shepherd. Hmm. Who's that supreme shepherd? Oh, Jesus, right? Oh! If only, if only. That sounds an awful lot to me. I don't know about you, but that sounds an awful lot like following a man. You know, there's another word in Greek that we have for in the place of that's not vicar <laughs> that's right <laughs> anti <laughs> oh so the pope is the anti the antichrist mm. <laughs> all right uh we're gonna do more show prep this is just a step at a time we're gonna 
take every segment as it comes. We'll see if Pastor Wolfmuller has calmed down by the time we enter the third segment, third segment of the program. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I think that therapist is really helpful. You tuned in at the worst of all possible times. This is sure. Table Talk Radio. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're playing Mythbusters, apparently. The myth is... Just reading in uh, Chapter 4 <laughs> of Vatican One on the infallible teaching authority of the Roman pontiff. See, what they don't know is that you've been talking this whole time. I just had your microphone muted for the break, <laughs> and I just unmuted it. Now you're back at it. Go ahead. <laughs> but since in this very age, when the salutary effectiveness of the apostolic office is most especially needed, that's as if that's what we need... Not a few are to be found who disparage its authority. What? We judge it absolutely necessary to affirm solemnly the prerogative which the only begotten Son of God was pleased to attach to the supreme pastoral office. Therefore, faithfully adhering to the tradition received from the beginning of the Christian faith, to the glory of God our Savior, for the exaltation of the Catholic religion, and for the salvation of every Christian people, with the approval of the sacred sacred council, we teach and define as divinely revealed dogma that when the Roman pontiff speaks ex cathedra, that is, when in the exercise of his office as shepherd and teacher of all Christians, in virtue of his supreme apostolic authority, he defines a doctrine concerning faith or morals to be held by the whole church, he possesses, by the divine assistance promised to him and blessed Peter, that infallibility which the divine Redeemer willed his church to enjoy in defining doctrine concerning faith or morals. Therefore, such definitions of the Roman pontiff are of themselves, and not by the consent of the church, irreformable. So then should anyone, which God forbid, have the temerity to reject this definition of ours, let him be anathema. Wow. Okay. Did I did I did I hear this correct? That when the when the Pope defines doctrine, that he speaks infallibly, and it is irreformable. Is, is that what you just said? No, that's just what Vatican One said. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what the Pope said about himself. I would never say something so insulting to Jesus about a person. <laughs> as that <laughs> but remember we follow a man and the catholics follow jesus uh, is that true by the way do we follow a man i i would like to read an excerpt from the catholic catechism of the catholic church just to see okay how about this the pope oh. this is a uh, paragraph uh, 882 The Pope, Bishop of Rome and Peter's successor, quote, is the perpetual and visible source and foundation of the unity both of the bishops and of the whole company of the faithful. I don't know if you got that part. But you know the unity of the church, what the unity of the church is? Mm -hmm. The Pope. Mm, Of course. Surprise. 
Surprise. Mm. Um, this is so stupid. Oh, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, this is the other thing that the popists always will say. Hey, Luther destroyed the unity of the church. Oh, really? What's the unity of the church? Don't let him get away with this business of it being Jesus. Look at what it says. The Pope is the perpetual and visible source and foundation of the unity, both of the bishops and the whole company of the faithful. The Pope is... You think... So, <laughs> this is like... This is, you know, in a political conversation. Said, so, look, there wouldn't be any arguments at all if you guys would just agree with me. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. Oh. Yes, that's right. Then, continuing in the same paragraph. For the Roman pontiff, by reason of his office as Antichrist, or Vicar of Christ, they have it here, and as pastor of the entire church, has full supreme and universal power over the whole church, a power which he can always exercise unhindered, hmm. says the people who don't follow a man. <laughs> the college or body of bishops, next paragraph, has no authority unless united with the Roman pontiff, Peter's successor, as it said. <laughs> Well, you're really, okay. you're really helping her color out. He asked, how should I respond? And just just the way Pastor Wolfmuller has the last two and a half segments would be the way to respond. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the, you, if you just, again, search Pope Wolfmuller, this will come up. I got all the documentation here. You can just read it. I put this together years ago because, you know, the Lutheran Confession say Pope is Antichrist, and people are like, whoa, that sounds mean. So then you just hand out this document, and you're like, here's what the Pope says about himself, and people read it and like, whoa, this is Antichrist. Yep, <laughs> that's right. It's so wicked. I mean, it is, it is, there's a, there's a, it's not just wrong. What the, I mean, what the Pope claims here is not, it's it, this tyranny of souls and, and completely anti-Christian abrogation of this kind of authority and then, for the people subject to the Roman pontiff, and therefore saved, to come along and say to someone like our dear listener, you follow a man while we follow Christ, is, it's, it's so wrong, it's almost obscene. <laughs> it's just that offensive. But I suppose you should respond in kindness. So try to try your best to it. Okay, now here's to the question. Do Lutherans follow Luther? The answer is that's the whole point of sola scriptura. I mean, the Lutherans love this business of Paul who writes to the Galatians, even if I or an angel from heaven were to preach another gospel, let, let him be anathema. We follow the scriptures. And if Luther points to the scriptures, God be praised. If he doesn't, then we let him go. What of it? What of it? It's it's a it's a, there there's no successor to Luther in the Lutheran Church. There's no office of supreme teacher in the Lutheran Church. The uh, the authority is the authority of the prophets and the apostles, and the Lord has put in to place pastors. Jesus instituted the pastoral office, not to speak infallibly, but to bring forth the blessings that Jesus has put in the scriptures for the church. And so we have a, a profound understanding of, just like in the Old Testament, there was the sons of the prophets, so now we have the sons of the apostles. That's the pastors who bring forth the apostolic doctrine, but are under their authority and never exercising authority over it. Never. Because what, 
what kind of tyranny of, of the conscience and of the soul would we be exercising if I said to someone, now you have to believe this, what I believe, rather than what Peter and Paul have said? Far be it from us. This is the charismatic trick, which is also the papist trick, is you, 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 um, you exercise dominion, you lord it over people mm. by, by having your own new revealed doctrine to which people must submit. And there's no difference between the Pope speaking ex cathedra and the, and the crazy charismatic Pentecostal guy saying, I've got a word from the Lord. It's the same tyranny of conscience, the same tyranny of souls, and it destroys the freedom of the gospel uh, it's, uh, uh, from every direction. It's a, it's a siege on the conscience, and it, it is horrible. It is, re- it is really horrible. So to be accused, and this is the this is the thing that's so tough is it that the Catholic the the Catholic trolls out there have like mastered the fine art of accusing us of everything they are guilty of. I mean, you follow a man you you call James Epistle of Straw, you uh what what is the, the you destroy the unity of the church? That's Luther's fault. Luther started the Reformation because he was he was uh, perverted. That's the that's the gall of the that. I just, is that really the argument you guys want to make there? Is that the is it? You, that's that, not that's into how the you, realm of perversion. <laughs> yeah, let's. That's what perverted people do. They want to get married. That's and that's the argument you want to make for the Catholic Church. How non, how chaste you are. Let's. <laughs> are you sure that's the route you want to argue? But it's just the they. Uh, but I I don't know. I mean, I, there's got to be someone who gets it in in some sort of like home to Rome smoke-filled cabal room that's kind of laughing <laughs> demonically at the irony of all this nonsense but I don't think that the like the typical Catholics is making these arguments has any like ha- has any sort of sense of the of this sort of the, the profound sharpness of the irony of this whole thing I mean hmm. it's it's like the abuser who can't recognize not that not they don't even recognize their the own abuse and so they just pass it on you know it's like Ugh. Okay. So anyway, that's so, what I that's how I would respond. You know, it wasn't until after I became a pastor I really saw the value of being in a confessional church body. And uh by that I mean a church body that says holds up a confession of faith and says, This is what we believe, teach and confess. And um I think those who lack that would be on two sides. On the one side the I guess the non-denominational church that maybe has like a statement of faith that says like we believe in the Trinity the end, um, and then the pastor will just kind of stand up there and say um, this teaching or that teaching, and it's kind of up to him to be convincing. <laughs> you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it, no, this is what it says, and well, I think it says this. No, 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 you're wrong, and then they get in an argument. Um, whereas a, someone in the confessional church body can say this is this is the confession of our church. Now um, we, as drawn from the scriptures, of course, but um, but it, it's it's not something that I discovered overnight, and I'm trying to convince you of. But the other side of that uh, lack of being a confessional church body is I don't think well, we we can't we can't call the Roman Catholic Church a confessional church body because it it does not appear to a set of confessions, although it has a catechism and it has uh, the church councils. It really holds to a man. <laughs> it right. doesn't have a confession. It has a man right. that that tells right. you what to believe. Right. 
and he has he can always just go and sit in the in the cathedra and X something there. <laughs> and then you gotta believe that. New thing. You know? You gotta yeah. get a new bumper sticker to agree with whatever the new thing is. It's yeah. not a, by accident that 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 uh, Luther puts the Pope and the Muslims and the Anabaptists into the same theological error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a breather and then be right back. Which came first, the mediocrity or the listener? Hmm. This is Table Talk Radio. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. You know, it's a little ironic to hear a Lutheran pastor argue that Lutherans don't follow the man Luther. I mean, the error is in your name. Says the papist. <laughs> Which we need to call them the papists. You know what you do? Also, the so is is it's already there as we pointed out five hours ago in the word Rome. You know, it's like, oh, no, no, we're not Catholic. We're Roman Catholic, which means we're not Catholic at all. We're Romanists. And why? <laughs> because the Pope lives in Rome, and we kiss his ring in our act of not following a man. <laughs> we listen to what he says, out, apart from the apostles. We, we know the church has only one head, not a monstrous two-headed thing. What the... It's you just, I mean, but how much gaslighting is going to happen in this whole thing? It's like, oh, you, you, ah, so here's how to maybe how to approach it. Oh, you follow a man. We follow the Pope. We follow Jesus. I mean, not the Pope and say, okay, what does it mean to follow a man? And maybe then we should ask, is the Pope a man? <laughs> and then we should just shake our heads. I mean, for heaven's sakes. Okay, the name Lutheran was an insult, by the way, uh, invented by the Pope, who loved who loved to gaslight even back then. And um, I mean, oh, but so what do we think about that? This you also I put I, I put this on the website. So I, I found three places where Luther talks about the name Lutheran. Put on the website. You can write. You could just. Right into the the old Google three thing or on the name Lutheran, maybe Wolf Mueller will help it come up, and see what we. Th- so this is what Luther said about the name Lutheran. How about this? Admonition against insurrection, fifteen twenty two. In the first place, I ask that men make no reference to my name. Let them call themselves Christians, not Lutherans. What's Luther? After all, the teaching is not mine. Neither was I crucified for anyone. Paul in First Corinthians three would not allow the Christians to call themselves Pauline or Petrine papal but hmm. christian hmm. how then should i poor stinking maggot fodder that i am come to have men call the children of christ by my wretched name not so my dear friends let us abolish all party names and call ourselves christians after him whose teaching we hold the papists deservedly have a party name because they are not content with the teaching in the name of christ but want to be papists as well let them be papists then since the pope is their master 
I neither am nor want to be anyone's master. I hold, together with the universal church, the one universal teaching of Christ, who is our only master. Catholic. How about that? Yeah. But here's some, there's a little more nuance to it, and then I'll read this next quote. This is on receiving both kinds in the sacrament, same year, 1522. So this is early in the Reformation. He says, finally, I must say, I must add a good word of admonition to those whom Satan has now begun to persecute. Oh, oh, so, but maybe to say this on that last quote, is that when we call ourselves Lutheran, we in fact are not following Luther, who commanded us not to call ourselves Lutheran. So let that sink in a little bit. Okay. See that? Mm -hmm. If we were just following Luther, then we wouldn't call ourselves Lutheran, because he forbade it. Mm -hmm. But we do not recognize Luther as an infallible teacher. Okay. Um, here he says, by any consideration of body or soul, you should never say, I'm a Lutheran, or Papist for that matter. For neither of them died for you or is your master. Christ alone died for you. He alone is your master. You should confess yourself a Christian. But if you are convinced that Luther's teaching is in accord with the gospel and that the Pope's is not, then you should not discard Luther so completely, lest with him you discard also his teaching, which you are nevertheless recognized as Christ's teaching. You should rather say, whether Luther is a rascal or a saint, I don't care. His teaching is not Christ's. Skipping down one paragraph. The person you can forget, but the teaching you must confess. Paul also writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.8, Do not be ashamed, then, of testifying to our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake. If it had been enough here for Timothy to confess the gospel, Paul would not have commanded him not to be ashamed also of Paul. Not of Paul as a person, but as Paul as a prisoner for the sake of the gospel. Now, if Timothy had said, I don't hold with Paul or Peter, but with Christ, when he knew that Peter and Paul were teaching Christ, then he would actually thereby have denied Christ himself. So when it comes to it, when it comes to this distinction of doctrine, do you go with the Pope or with Luther? It is not enough to say, I go with Christ, and to not engage in that. You have to say, no, no, I don't go with either of them, or I go with one or the other. Do you see the difference? Yeah. So in the, in the first quote you read, Luther was, the, the, the name Lutheran was a matter of, of whether we followed the man Luther or not. Mm -hmm. In the second quote you read, the, the, the term Lutheran was not about whether following a man, but following the teaching that represents that name. So that Lutheran uh, is, a, is a title for a particular confession of faith. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, we should not shy away from the term Lutheran, not having to do with uh, d saying what Luther says, but to, to say that what the teaching that is known as Lutheran is, is biblical to the Word of God. Right. Here's one more. Okay. A Christian letter of consolation to the people of Miltonburg, 1524. Ah, Miltonburg. Although I dislike very much that doctrine and people have to suffer to be called Lutheran, and thus see God's word profaned with my name, still they will have to let Luther, as well as Lutheran doctrine and people, alone, and let them be held in esteem. On the other hand, they and their doctrine, talking about the papist, they and their doctrine will perish and come to shame, even to the dismay of all the world and the vexation of all devils. <laughs> if we live... They have no peace from us, and if we die, they will still have less peace. In brief, they will not get rid of us, unless they yield and make common cause with us. Their wrath and fury will not help them. We know whose word it is that we are preaching. They will not deprive us of it. That's my prophecy. May God have pity on them. So he says, I really don't like this, that we have the name Lutheran, but 
you have to let it stand. Not because of the person, but because of the doctrine, because of the teaching, because it's bringing forth the doctrine of Christ. And that is a huge difference. Hmm. So, I mean, so this distinction you made a little bit ago about how if we were really following Luther, then we would not call ourselves Lutheran because that's what Luther said to do. <laughs> um, is this distinction between uh, things that Luther said and things that we can call Lutheran? So, so we could here, here, here's here's the point. Uh, there were things that Luther said that weren't very Lutheran. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and we let him go. I mean, if he said, if Luther said anything that wasn't biblical, that wasn't pointing to the scriptures, to the apostles and prophets, we let it go. We purge it out. We cut it out. We say, no, this is wrong. But, but on but, the other hand, the Pope will says things explicitly that are not taught in the scriptures, and says, this you must believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but to get to the point of the the name Lutheran, um, when we use that phrase as a title of of an understanding of theology of doctrine of a confession of faith, then Luther says things that aren't Lutheran, perhaps. Right. Um, That's right. So, so, but yeah, I, li- I like the distinction you're making, so that now we can we can hold anything that uh, Luther or anyone says against the scriptures and say, does does this carry its weight? But you would you would never do that if you were Roman Catholic with the Pope. You would right. you would never take the words of the pope and say, okay, all right, pope, let's see if you're if you're teaching the truth. That question has never crossed the lips of a Roman Catholic. The the <laughs> or if they were, they were not being Catholic. <laughs> it, it's the, it's the, it's the other it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they take up the words of Saint Paul or of Isaiah and say, mm-hmm. okay, Isaiah, let's see if your words match up with the pope. Yeah. It's the other way around. Let's okay, Moses. Let's see if you agree with the Church Catholic. That's the that's the arrogance over there. I'm. Uh, I'm hmm. Well, uh, okay. I think I I think I maintained a somewhat level head, even <laughs> though I think our caller. I'm just. Oh, I, yeah. I, I definitely think he was. <laughs> I, I, this was not easy though, because. The, because this is so frustrating to me because and and because it's working the argument is working these catholics you know they got their whole home to rome kind of nonsense and you listen to the catholic radio station and someone calls in and they said i was baptized in the missouri synod and then but then finally i read uh i don't know some papal encyclical and i got some sort of airbrushed picture of saint joseph and tattooed <laughs> on my arm and 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 now i've been welcomed into the holy chrism of all this and and they, and, the, and then they welcome home yeah come on yeah <laughs> <laughs> Welcome okay. home. The ar- arrogance of it, but it's it for whatever reason it's 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 happening and it's it's so frustrating. And and the and these you have these online kind of Catholic apologists that are hiding all the Catholic stuff and 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 presenting it. The, the, you, you know, I mean. Duh. Well, can we can we can we call this busted that that. Uh, uh, Lutherans follow a man, but Catholics only follow Christ. Is that? Well, I'm not sure. I gotta. I gotta ask Luther if it's true. Or not. <laughs> I, 
I think a four-segment treatment of the topic on one call, I think, sufficiently busts the myth. So we'll, we'll count that one busted. All right. Well, that's going to be all the time we have for today's show. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where we rejoice that the Lord Jesus raised was raised from the dead and Peter was not. That's right. Thank Thanks for Lord. listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side Poor effects include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, so aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, so death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep That's pain, internal, my blue, internal combustion, yeah, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, no claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 